There might have been a couple songs in there that you didn't know and that you had to learn, and I'm, I'm sorry, and yet at the same time, come on, did you read those words? They were so good. They were so good. But this morning, I'm not going to talk to you about worship. I'm going to talk to you about ending the vision. Just the series, not the actual vision. We're going to continue with the vision, but we're going to end this series. Um, vision 2024. The theme is we're called the greater. We're going to focus on three things this year. We're going to focus on discipleship. That should scare all of us because Western Church has told us that discipleship is studying the Word of God. Get, let's get together and have a discipleship group. We'll go study the Word of God together. Okay, let's start somewhere. That's a great start. We'll study the Word of God together. Or, hey, I just have to pray about my needs. That's discipleship. I get to sit back and pray about my needs and others sometimes. You know? Is that just me? No. That's another great start. Let's start somewhere. Let's start talking to God. That's a great start. You got a need? Let's talk to God about it. You don't have a need? Let's talk to God about that. It's a great start. And then worship last week. Come on, somebody. The last three weeks have been really good. You can, you can clap for that. Come on. Last week, my heart opened up and was like, oh my goodness, I know I fell in love with a woman, but I fell in love again. My wife preached. She preached about being the living sacrifice in worship. In order to worship the king of kings, we got to die and live for the king. And so how are we living the sacrifice? And so... Uh, We've been learning a lot, but today, today I'm going to talk to you about blessings. I plan on hurting some of you. And it's not me. I'm going to say this. Like this, I was reading this, and I'm like, man, this is going to hurt. And the Lord said, what do you care about their pain? I'm like, oh yeah, you're right, God. I know who I am, you know? (laughs) Jesus got you today, okay? Jesus got you. I'm just the messenger. You can shoot me later, but Jesus got you, okay? Y'all got that? We're going to talk about blessings. And here's the thing. Are we using the blessings God has given us? That's the first thing on my notes that I typed out weeks ago. Are we using what God has blessed us with? Are we praying for the things and not seeing the answers? And how is God expanding the expectation of our hearts? And I I wrote there this morning, I, I wrote, how are we allowing God to expand the expectations of our hearts? How, what does that have to do with blessings? Just wait. Because there's stories upon stories and there, there's, there's truth upon truth found in the word of God about our blessings. And oftentimes, how many of y'all think, man, God just bless me, bless me in the, in the greatest way possible. Lord, I need a new car. Bless me with a new car. And the Lord might be saying, and this is true because, oh man, we just got a new car and God blessed us with it. But God sometimes says, I'm not going to bless you with a new car. I'm blessing you with good health. Can you walk? Come on, somebody. Praise God for walking ability. For me, for me, I'm like, man, Lord, thank you so much for everything you've provided. I remember a couple of days ago, I was driving to work, and I said, Lord, I just want to have a good day. I just want to have a good day, Lord. I've been working all week. I want to I sell these bikes. What does that matter? Lord, I just want to have a good day. You know how many times I was able to share that Jesus lives in me 
on Friday, and I had the biggest day of my life on sales. Like, that's not a brag moment on me. That's a brag moment on Jesus because Jesus paved the way so I could just be like, yeah, man, uh, Jesus is the king of my heart, and uh, I just want to sell bikes. Like, what? You're a Christian? No, more than that, I'm a follower of Jesus. God has called me and placed me in West Des Moines Open Bible to lead a flock of awesome, awesome people. They're like, what? I'm like, I'm a pastor. And they're like, well, now I got to buy the bike. You know? Are we using the blessings God has given us? How is God moving in our life so much so that we can say, I'm not only called to greater, I'm living in the greater. Like, I'm not called to greater, I'm currently in a place of greater. Wow, the walls are coming down around your town, I can see it. No, 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 no. God is breaking down the walls so I can live in freedom in the greater. How many of us are going through it right now? Let's praise God for that. Can we praise God? Like, Lord, thank you so much for the blessing of trials and tribulations. Thank you for everything that you've pushed me into and allowed me to go through because I know you're molding something greater. I can't see it yet, and man, I am so lost on what you're doing, God, but I know it's coming. Can we live in that? Can we live in that purpose of serving of loving God, serving others, and making disciples in such a way that when we are around others, our situation doesn't matter anymore. Our emotions have disappeared because we put on the armor of God, and when we put on the armor of God, the joy of the Holy Spirit has lifted our sorrows. But that's not how we live. Man, Ben, that is so much easier to say than do. Yeah, that's why we're called to greater. We're learning what it means. We've got to step into what God's called us into. You know what I'm saying? We are not called to step away from God in the midst of trials because, Lord, I cannot handle it anymore. I'm stepping over here because i gotta find my, I got to find my peace. How many of you, what is it, uh, the feng shui of the room? Like, God's feng shui is the greatest feng shui because it's his joy, his peace, his trials, his tribulations that he has for your life to grow you and make you who he has called you to be. Right? How many of y'all like karma, I, I was talking to somebody and they go, yeah, karma's funny. And I'm like, karma, that's not even a coincidence. That is a God thing, man. You got to know. I sold this bike this week. This is how it came up. I have to tell this story. Because oftentimes we look at these lives that we live, we look at these lives we live and we go, Woe is me. I sold a trike, a used trike to a gentleman just the other day. He took it home. He didn't even get one ride out of it, and a, and a weld broke on it. It's used. I don't have another. So we, he calls us. We go, okay, we're going to figure something out. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Whatever. We're going to figure it out. And so the next day, someone brings in the identical bike. Says, here you go. I'm, I'm using it as a trade-in. I'm calling the guy going, you will never believe what God has done. He wants you to ride your bike because we got one identical to it, but you have your choice because there's two of them now, red or blue. He's like, come on, give me the blue. That's what I wanted in the first place. We didn't have it, you know? And so God shows up in ways we don't understand. 
he wanted the trike. God wanted him to have the trike. He got it. Not all the time do we want what we get. Because sometimes God doesn't want to bless us with what we want, but what we need. I got to get into the scripture. You cannot, you cannot be a preacher and not use scripture. What are you going to back it up with? You know, I, I'm, I'm back. Here's the thing. I'm not backing it up with anything. I'm backing up scripture with my words. Because Jesus is the front and the back of it. In open Bible, we find our authority in the Bible, and we finalize our authority in the Bible. So I'm just in the middle. But Jesus' word is going to lead the way, and it's going to follow up and kick me in the hiney. It's good news. It's good news. Check this out, Ephesians 3, 6 through 7. Before I start, I believe this. It was given to me a couple days ago. When Paul corrects the people he's writing to, it's not a correction it's a blessing oftentimes we look at some of paul's writings and go man he he really hates those people doesn't he he's really getting after them man he's calling them jesus called his disciples fools what is he talking about i'm trying to open their eyes man that opened eyes is a blessing is it not like god is calling on us right now if we are in a season of correction that we don't see it as a correction or a criticism, but as something we can step on and make a stare out of. Because we're stepping up. We're not falling down. Okay, I've talked about a lot of things. Let's, let's get into Ephesians 3. Chapter, or chapter 3, verse 6, it says, And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are a part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. By gr God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege. Everybody look, look to the neighbor and say, I've been given privilege. Come on. When someone says you got privilege, you got privilege. Jesus Christ has called you into his family to have the privilege. Have the privilege of this. Check this out. Of serving him by spreading this good news. The blessing does not always look like what we want. Paul states it right here. He says this. He goes, both enjoy the blessings because, because, that line. So I can say this. He states this, by God's grace and power, mighty power, the blessing that I have, the blessing I have been given is the privilege of serving God by spreading the good news. We often see spreading the good news, serving God as work and not a blessing. How many of y'all been looking for a job and it's a blessing when you get it, but it's not a blessing three months in? Right? But God has blessed you with a job. He's blessed you by putting you around people that need to know him. He's blessed you with the same purpose he gave Paul when he said, go and share the gospel. But far too often, we don't look at it. Hey, man, how many of y'all ever thought emergency room visits because you're the one that needs it is a blessing? We don't think that. Man, I am in pain. I don't want to be here. Some nurse needs to hear about Jesus. Some doctor needs to hear about the Lord. Some, some waiting room patient needs the, the encouragement that you have, even though your situation's worse than theirs. Even though their situation is worse than yours. They need to hear that Jesus is alive and ready to heal. 
But far too often, I'm in pain. I'm struggling. How can this be a blessing, God? You've put me here for the 90th time this year. Some of y'all, that's how you feel, right? But he has for a purpose. For his purpose. Oftentimes, we, y'all got, we don't, do we ever say, hey, I serve a selfish God. Do we ever say that? Because we do. We serve a God who is selfish, and I don't want to have it any other way. He says, hey, serve me how I want you to serve. You're in, you're in a, an emotion that, that you want to be in, but there's going to be a season where he's going to call you to step out of your emotion and be in his emotion. He'll weep with you when it's time to weep, but he's calling you out. Why? Because he's called us to greater. There are going to be seasons in our life where we're going to want to be happy, and he's saying, hey, I want you to be sorrowful with this person. Ever think about that? Like he's called you to be with them, to, to start emoting with others around you, to encourage those around you, but also to embrace those around you that need an embrace. It goes both ways. If you're sorrowful, if you're sad, God might say, hey, you know what? I know you're sad right now, but they really need someone with joy. Put the sorrow away. Guys, we are often defined as filing cabinets. Do you know that? Because we can file away something that was stupid we did and be totally fine. How many of y'all, guys, how many of you have ever had a fight with a best friend and you're good 30 seconds later? Okay. Case in point proven. Like, okay, some ladies. You know, that's good. Filing cabinet. It's the greatest thing that God could have ever provided me in my life. My wife hates it. It's a blessing, not a curse. You know, like... Like, God has blessed us with things, and it doesn't always look like a blessing. She, she hates it when I'm over something, and she's not. And let's face it, when she gets over something and I'm not, I hate it. Can't you see, lady? And she's like, yeah, we're good. We're done. I'm like, come on. It's the same thing, right? It's, it's a blessing. When one of us walks through it and gets through it, we should feed off that. How many of us are feeding off the blessing of what God's given someone else, not only what he's given us, but what he's given someone else for our life. It doesn't always look financial. A lot of times it just looks emotional. A lot of times it looks spiritual. A lot of times it doesn't even show up on the surface where everybody can see it. It's what's inside, right? Jesus washed me from the outside in. Come on, somebody. No! Inside out! He never started with the outside. He didn't make you look all pretty so you could walk into a church and be perfect. He made you all good when you stepped into something not being perfect and he made you good on the inside so you could live it out. That's a blessing. We sang about it. He washed me from the inside. He washed me from the inside out. We repeated it like that. And we sang it with our whole heart and we were like, God, thank you. But do we live that? Do we step out? I might not look right. I might look goofy. I might not be wearing the right clothes. You know what? It's not about popularity. We sang about that too. Because I'm walking in the blessing of what God's given me. He's given me a mouth and he's given me the information that Jesus Christ went to the cross. He died for me and he saved me. But it wasn't just for me because right here, Paul tells me it wasn't just the Jews or the Gentiles. It was both and. Like, you want to know about Jesus? Let's live in the blessing. 
Let's live in the blessing. Man, I totally went off my notes. Not sorry at all. How many of us look for the blessing of good times, of comfort, of happiness, of safety? How many of us? Man, I'm safe today. Thank you, Jesus. Only in America, you know? Maybe Canada, but not really, you know? It's how it is, right? But here, but here, we shouldn't be living in that. He never said that you will be, you will be liked for following him. In fact, Jesus said the opposite. You will be hated for following me. And if you're hated, are you ever physically safe? No. He never promised you safety for your whole life. You're following Jesus. Look at the disciples. Peter was saved when he, de- when he said, I don't know him. But you know what? He didn't, he wasn't saved until like afterwards, like he, he was a martyr. Everyone but John, possibly. Think about it. All the disciples were, were killed for their faith, except for maybe John. You like how I keep on saying that? Except for, even him, he was, he was sent off. It doesn't matter. Like, think about it. How many people were martyred for their faith because people didn't like their faith, not who they were? So often in our world, we're told we don't like someone because of how they believe. Nah, man, I love you. Just because I don't agree with your belief doesn't mean I don't love you. That's the difference between our faith and someone else's faith. Think about it. I love you no matter what. Not because of who I am, but because of who God is. I'm taking on what God has given us. But then... But then you have another faith that says, but you follow Jesus and I can't love you. Middle East, need I say more? A lot of people over there taught you can't love a Christian because they're the infidel. And there's many other faiths that say the same thing, just different words. We are not going to be loved. You know, just walking on the street, sharing the word of God, you're going to be hated. Think about it. How many of us share the word of God in a grocery store because it's a possibility they go off on you? And so you're like, nah, I'm good. We got to thank the Lord for the going off on us. Sales, right? I've talked about it quite a bit today. Every no you receive is one no closer to a yes. There is hope in the no. Because you never know if you just planted the seed that someone else gets to harvest. Why we got to be so selfish with the harvest? We should be unselfish with the seeds. We should be unselfish with the blessing of knowing his story. Man, I know his story. Like, I'm spitting it out on you. You know? Like, I'm going to spit the story of Jesus out on you, not even caring if you give your life to Jesus today or tomorrow, because if it's a seed and you find someone to water, maybe I'm that person. Maybe I get to be that watering can. Whatever. That's the blessing. I'm going to run through some scripture real quick. Paul doesn't find the blessing of the world as the promise of blessings. I want to say that real quick. Paul doesn't find the blessing of the world, the blessings the world throws at us as the promise, as the promise of blessings. What I mean by that is God has promised us blessings, but it's not the same as what the world has promised us. 
The world promises you the American dream, but God never said, hey, when you follow me, you're going to get the American dream. Most of the people around that time when the Bible was written didn't even know what America was. So why would he say that? He did not say, hey, you'll get the, the blessing of glorious riches here on earth. He said, you'll get the blessing of heaven. If you follow me, you'll get the richest place you'll ever see in your entire eternity. Or if you choose not to, you'll get the poorest place, and that's a fiery pit lake, like a fire in your lake. That's what it is. It's a fiery lake. Do I need to describe that anymore? Not lava. It's fire. It's actively burnt. Maybe it is lava. I don't know. It's fire. It will hurt. Okay? But Paul says he does not find the blessing of the world as the, promi as the promise of blessings. He finds the responsibility to be the blessing. The responsibility of the Lord becomes the blessing. Oftentimes we think of responsibilities like dusting and vacuuming and doing the laundry as work. But how many of us have to do it for Jesus and find it as a blessing? How many of us have to go to work, go to our job, the mundane job that we have, the whatever you define your job as, and go, it's no longer this, it's the blessing? How about this? You have to wake up in the morning. You don't find it to be the blessing, but it is the blessing. Let's get real today. Ephesians 3, 8 says this, Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone the mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all of this was to use the church. Come on, church. He wants to use you. Are you good with it? He's going to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was the, his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, he put Jesus Christ in place to live a life for 33 years, to die on a cross so that we would know him and then come back from the grave so we could have eternal life, just so that the church could share his glorious, marvelous mysterious riches with the world. Anyone here claim not to be a part of the church? Don't be embarrassed. It's all good. So everyone in here has the blessing of responsibilities to Jesus. It hurts. Anybody can say, man, that kind of stings a little because I've been taking his blessing and forgetting about it. Right? I'm going to raise my hand because we all need prayer to have strength to do it. It goes on. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now when? Come. How? And? Into what? 
come on now, you just changed that word. You, you meant to say that we can come confidently and boldly into the church. Right? No. When can we do this? Now. Where? Anywhere. It doesn't put it anywhere. You can, all of a sudden you're standing in a parking lot and the presence of God shows up. Go boldly and confidently into it and walk in it. Take it with you. Don't neglect it. Don't forget it. Feed it. Feed it with your prayer life. Feed it with your worship life. Feed it with living out the glory of God. Feed it with the word of God. Start covering yourself in what that is because if you want to boldly walk in the blessing, you got to start feeding it. Stop starving it. Stop, stop starving the blessing of God's presence in your life. So please, verse 13, don't lose heart. See, he says it. He says, Star, don't starve the blessing. Don't lose heart. You've got to keep your heart on top. You've got to keep your heart ready for him. You've got to keep it open to Jesus, not the world. If the world's speaking to you, say, Lord, I need you to help me so I can decipher what's true and what's not. And then, and then check this out. Why do we do that? Because of my trials here. Y'all going through it. Man, Lord, this is my prayer. Verse 13, Ephesians 3, it says, please don't lose heart. Lord, don't let me lose heart because my, my trial's here. I am suffering for you, so you should feel honored. It's not about being honored, it's so that he should feel honored. Man, I'm going through it. I'm going to walk through it and give God every honor, every praise, every blessing because you deserve it, God, not me. Are we walking that way? You want to talk about discipleship 101? We got to step. We got to take a step. Because discipleship's not comfortableness. Discipleship doesn't mean you found your comfort zone. It means when you are comfortable, you're in the wrong place. Lord, I've become too comfortable with my faith. I got to step out. Lord, I've become too comfortable with my physicalness. I got to step out. If I'm, if I'm out of shape, Lord, correct it. Spiritually, physically, mentally, Lord, correct it. Help me step out. Why? Because God has called us to live a life of discomfort because we find our resting in him the most comfortable. That's a lot. I just threw a bunch out at you. But this is the thing. The expectation of what God wants to do will blow out will be blown out of the water if we choose to see the blessing of responsibility a bit different than we currently see it. You have been called by the Lord to love him. You have been directed by God to serve others. And you have been ordered to make disciples. If you start those three things, the expectations of what you thought God could do will be blown out of the water. It will be blown out of the water. If you choose to love God with your whole heart through worship, through discipleship, through servanthood, you will see the things blown out of the water because in that you will, you, by loving God, will serve others and by serving others you will make disciples. It's this vicious rotation. It's called a circle. When you said yes to Jesus, you took on the circle of life that Jesus has created. The famous line is, it's a circle, it doesn't end. It's a marriage. You've said, I do to Jesus. I will to Jesus. 
I'm here for you, Jesus. It never ends. Just like I said to my wife when I married her, I said, I do, forever and always, till death do us part. Which I'm going first anyway, so. Thank, yes, come on. I almost said, come on, Brother J.E., preach it. You're welcome. I want to take you through a story real quick. A story about, a story about talents. And now everybody goes, I know this story. It says this. Matthew 25, verse 14. I'm just going to read through it as quick as possible. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportions to their abilities. He then left on his trip. I want to stop there for a second. You all have abilities. God has given you gifts to your abilities. He's given you talents to your abilities. I think it's creative how God used this story, and the word in English is talent. For such a time as this, you have been gifted and graciously given talents that are to be used by God. Verse 16, the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how much money or how much they had used, sorry, how they had used his money. The servant to whom he entrusted five bags of silver came forward and with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. My Jesus, my God, wants to praise us because we're willing to invest what he's given us. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Oh, not only am I going to give you more, I'm going to celebrate with you. I'm not just going to praise you, but I'm going to give you more, and we're going to celebrate together. The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest. I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Again, he praises the ones who invest. And I think the investment word is something that we're adding because it makes sense to us as Americans us that live in the United States. But verse 24 says this, Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. Come on, God, I know you are harsh because he's God. He's just because he's God. He's faithful because he's God. I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. Yeah, my, my Jesus does that. He harvests those crops of people because he loves them. Check this out. 25, I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. I was afraid I'd lead someone astray, so I didn't. 
I was afraid I'd say the wrong thing, so I didn't. I was afraid I wouldn't know what to say, so I didn't. I was afraid that if I stepped on their toes, they would run forever and not come back. Your responsibility isn't to worry about stepping on someone's toes. Your responsibility is share the gospel. Our responsibility isn't about worrying about how people will react. Our responsibility is to follow Jesus. Our responsibility, if someone stabs you in the back, is to love them and embrace them even though they stabbed you. Our responsibility, our gifts have been given to us by God. I have to finish for those children, huh? We are gifted with this so that we can be, not, not so we can be praised, but so we can praise the master. Do you have talents this morning, church? Are we going to use them today, church? Or are we going to put them on the shelf or bury them in the sand because we're too afraid that our anxiety is going to show up and we're not going to be, 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 be able to say what we want to say? I'm not making fun of anybody, but that is the reality of how we act. Am I right? Even if you don't have anxiety, guess what? You act that way. We act that way. I act that way. Whether it's nerves or worry, do not worry about anything, for tomorrow will come. Today is today. Live for today. I can't tell you where that is. It's close. It's a rendition. We'll call it the Ben Carlson rendition. It is in the Bible. Not the right words, it's a paraphrase. But God says it. We have gifts and talents that we cannot bury in the sand. Called to greater. Is that you? Is that us? Is that West Des Moines Open Bible? Or is that just Paul? Is that just Jesus? Ephesians 3, 14 through 19 says this, When I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through the Spirit. With his glorious unlimited. Everybody look at somebody and say, he's got the unlimited. You're worrying. He's he's unlimited. Just carry out what talents you have. Maybe he's on a long trip. Maybe he'll show up in two years. Maybe your season is supposed to last five years, 10 years, 15 years. He's on a long trip. What are you doing with the talents he left you with? P.S. He didn't leave you. He's just ignoring you. Anybody ever feel like that? That's not true. He's not ignoring you. He's right there. He's hearing every word. He's just choosing not to answer yet. Because when he does answer, the glory of God is going to show up in your life. But you're not ready. He's calling you to greater. So the greater has got to match the glory. Can you handle the glory yet? Are you there yet? I don't want the glory. God, give it back. Can we do that? I'm going to continue. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Are we stumbling? Remember our roots. Go back to your roots. Find your roots. 
And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, through, though it is too great to understand fully. He didn't ask you to understand God's love. He asked you to experience God's love. How many of us are like, man, I just want to understand Jesus and his love. Man, I just want to show God's love. You can't understand it, so how are you going to show it? You just got to show up with Jesus and experience it. And as you experience it, you're going you're to reflect it through your actions, through who you are, through your joy, through your peace. And all of a sudden, people are going to be filled with God's love around you because you're the reflection of who he is. Because you've desired that. You're, you're, looking, you're, you're picturing God look down on your life and, and he's picking out all these people that look like him and then he gets to you and he's like, what, what are you doing? I don't look like that. But then you're like, but Lord, I want to look like you. Help me become more like you. Help me reflect who you are. Help me grow into who you are so when I walk out of these doors, I can share you with all confidence in the world that people will come to know you not because of me but because of you. I want to be the love light of Jesus. I want to be the, the light that says, I don't just love you, but I care about you the way Jesus does. And sometimes Jesus says, you fool. It hurts, but it's good. There's correction in love. It hurts. It's a blessing. Pain can be a blessing. Then you will be made complete. This is the end of verse 19. It says, Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Far too often we live for ourselves because we forget what God has planned ahead of us. Too often we forget to live for the king because we're so selfish we only see what's in front of us. Church, I love you. Man, the last two weeks there's been something new and I love it. Maybe it's just in me. I don't know. I'm good with that. But Jesus is calling us on a journey that will get harder before it becomes what he's called it to be. Come on. You called the greater, raise your hand. Are you called to greater, raise your hand. If you don't see it, it's okay. It doesn't matter. I don't understand God's love. I want to experience it. So Lord, if you're calling me to greater right now, this morning, God, I pray you would raise my hand to worship you, to give you the glory, to, to, to be about you. Because God, I'm called to greater today. You've called me out of the muck and the mire. And it won't look like being a professional. It won't look like there's a camera on me. It won't look like the world will know me. But Lord, I'm called to greater because you are meant to be known. Jesus, I don't want any credit. I just want you to be known. I want to be a light where it doesn't shine. I want to be, be, 
your, your mouthpiece when no one wants to hear. Lord, I want to hear the no's because I know that it's one more closer to a yes. Lord, you've called me to greater. I don't understand it because I don't even understand your love and I don't see it right now. But God, help me get there. If that means there's a trial, God, help me see it as a blessing. Help me keep my eyes on you, totally focused on you, Father. Jesus, I ask that you would go on our behalf right now and intercede to God right there for our behalf so that we can bring you glory, so we can bring the Father the glory he deserves, so the rocks don't have to cry out because you hear our voices. Jesus, today marks the day that West Des Moines Open Bible is different. It's different again. Because Lord, all we care about is what you care about. All we want is what you want. Nothing more. Nothing more, God. All we want is you. Lord, show up. Show up in our weeks. Show up in our days and our hours. Lord, I pray that you would go before us lighting the way. I pray that in our pain, we would see the blessing. In our joy, we would feel the blessing. We would see it. We'd be able to talk about it no matter what. That, Lord, you will get us through. The blessing is here. The trial is molding. Lord, I'm becoming who you've called me to become. I'm called the greater because you are greater, God. Jesus, we love you. We surrender everything we are to you. Thank you, Father, for who you are. Thank you for this message. Thank you for the worship today. Lord, thank you for jump-starting my week so I can dive into who you are the rest of the week. It doesn't stop here, God. You've called me to greater. Jesus, come. Direct us, love us. In Jesus' awesome and wonderful name, and the church said, come on. Amen. Hey, I love you. Thank you so much for coming and joining us. I love you. Have a great week.